Beto O'Rourke was a guest on The View this morning as part of the relaunch of his struggling campaign, and he announced a bold move to increase his popularity, a brand new website, JoeBiden.com. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Warren announced that she will, not per- she will not promote Fox News by participating in a town hall like other Democratic candidates have done. In response, Fox News has announced that Elizabeth Warren is organizing a socialist abortion clinic run by undocumented immigrants. Uh, Meghan Markle reportedly used to have a cat named Archie. She says she named the baby Archie as a little reminder to not leave him on an airplane. Uh-oh. President Trump attributes the Red Sox. That's the one. That's the. Ay, President Trump attributes the Red Sox current winning streak to their recent visit to the White House. It makes a lot of sense since after meeting President Trump, most people want to hit something with a baseball bat. Uh, California's biggest utility company plans to cut electricity this summer on highly windy days to avoid causing another wildfire. In other words, their plan for preventing a wildfire is to make everyone light a whole bunch of candles. <laughs> Missy Elliott received an honorary doctorate from Boston's Berkeley School of Music. After the ceremony, she took off her cap, put it down, flipped it, and reversed it. <laughs> and finally, Donald Trump Jr. has struck a deal with the Senate Intelligence Committee for what is being described as a limited interview. Of course... Anyone who's ever met Don Jr. in person knows that pretty much everything he does can be described as limited. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Yeah, oh my gosh, I forgot about the new music. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt. Uh, we have uh, the whole gang here uh, joined as so often, usually, by the one and only Chelsea Galicia. Hello there. And uh, on the other end of the desk, um, my joke partner in crime, in crime as well, though, uh, Tamara Brown. Hello. And at the far end of the desk, the one, the only, Scott Moore. Hey, guys. And a special guest in studio, uh, Alicia Krauss, uh, the contributor for the Daily Wire. Thank you. Yeah. For uh, sitting here and being on our almost comfortable couch. Yeah, it's, it's a little <laughs> awkward. Yeah, because you have to. Yeah, you have to avoid one of the three springs. Well, it's it's also like uh, this is not too much IPA. It's my eight month pregnant belly <laughs> and my legs and heels. Mm. And, yeah, yeah. It, it's not well designed yeah. uh, for for. I mean, I used to do morning yeah. radio and. This is a much nicer studio than that, so thank you. As someone who also did morning radio, I would certainly uh, agree. Uh, so there's uh, there's so much to uh, discuss, but I feel like I need to uh, start with something very important. Oh. Tamara, oh. how was, how was uh, Del Taco's imitation meat taco? Oh. <laughs> Was, Just because we talked about it like last week, so I, was, I, I saw you tweet that you had it. It was so, so good. It yeah? was. I I, I thought. That they had made a mistake and gave me real meat. It was. <laughs> I mean, it was honestly, so good. and Chelsea, you're going to bet. What better review could there be than that? Like, I thought they made yep. a mistake and gave me real meat. Yep, absolutely. I had it too last weekend, and it was good. I hadn't been to Del Taco or gotten eaten Del Taco since college. Uh, it took me back, which some, was like last year, what, fifteen <laughs> years nice. ago. Thanks, Scott. Um, yes, I mean, well, maybe that's, that's why because... Beyond Meats stock is sitting at like around eighty. 
well, and Uber is at like forty. That's it. That's inter- the interesting thing, though, is because the last time I ate at Del Taco, I was convinced that my actual meat had been replaced by imitation meat. So mm-hmm. you know, it's no, just, that's Taco Bell. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I, I yeah. think you're right. Because Del Taco, yeah. even before the Beyond Meat, they were the vegetarian-friendly chain because they don't put lard in their beans. So when you order just a bean burrito from Del Taco, it's purely not. There's no animal byproduct in it. Like if you order a bean, no order a bean burrito in Taco Bell, yeah. it has lard Ooh. in it. I will never be there. There's no lard. I I can't eat anything without lard. In I'm it. from the Bible Belt. I mean, it has to have pig fat and everything. <laughs> See, now now you understand. Uh, so uh, so much to talk about. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, obviously, we talked about the most important thing with the uh, the imitation meat, as it were. Hey, hey. What? It's, imita- it's imitation. It's repl- is, is it not? It's plant-based meat. <laughs> what is the dictionary? Is it like soy milk? I mean, it's the milk thing. I don't mean this at all. It just sounds funny in my head. You're plant-based meat. Anyway, uh, so we're going to start off with, uh, with... I was just going to look up the dictionary definition of meat. You, the what meat? is the definition? Like, like, yeah, no, it is literally... It is animal flesh that is eaten as food. So Mm. meat shouldn't even be in the title. That's true. It's marketing genius that they include meat in there. Right. It's like how... uh, This is the animal agriculture's uh, position that these products should not be called But that's like soy milk, and that was a whole thing that the dairy farmers were fighting about, is that it's not really milk when it's not from an And it's why we have things called processed cheese food. Because it's not actually cheese. Anyway, Delvita. Well, yeah. Welcome, welcome to the Dairy Report. Yeah. Um, thanks to everybody. By the Very way, if this show was based in Wisconsin, that would have huge ratings. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we, we'd have we'd have the uh, the cheese curd polling segment. We'd oh, have a lot don't of worry if you're lactose intolerant. You're still welcome here. Yeah, no, no, we would figure it out. I, although you'd get kicked out of uh, of Wisconsin probably. Uh, there. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to talk about was uh, Russia. Uh, you know, they're they're uh, apparently. Apparently, there's still a Russia. Now, uh, Mike Pompeo uh, talked uh, to Putin, and, uh, you know, they're trying to make sure that everything's on the same page because uh, things are getting heated uh, as, uh, with Iran. Now, uh, Alicia, I believe you said you saw Pompeo speak just, was it last week? Saturday night. Saturday night. So, yeah. uh, w- where was this, and uh, what did he have to say? Well, I'm a nerd. So mm. I was a Lincoln Fellow at the Claremont Institute back okay. in 2016. Are you all familiar with what the Claremont Institute no. is? Okay, so it's a, th- mm-hmm. it's a conservative think tank, conservative libertarian think tank. Um, much of, you know, things you learn about things like John Locke and esotericism when you go there. Mm-hmm. So super interesting stuff. Yeah. I was the dumbest in, in my fellowship because I was the only college dropout. Everyone was like an Ivy League attorney. <laughs> So I was a Lincoln Fellow in 2016 uh, down in Orange County at Claremont McKenna at the Claremont Institute, and it was their 40th anniversary gala. And they honored Secretary of State Pompeo this year. And my husband and I used the excuse to dress up and go out and kind of have a date night and a free dinner. And he was, of course, the keynote as well. And he um, actually, the Federalists and a few other outlets uh, have put up tr- transcript of his speech. I was very pleased with how direct he was, even naming Putin when he talked about these are the things we're not going to let Russia do. And uh, so it, it's a very a very strong stance, uh, you know, that uh, we're not going to get pushed pushed around by... Uh, yeah, he said, I mean, he clearly said he doesn't, he's like, they're not going to be an issue, we're not going to let any interference in our elections. And he went after China a lot, too, as well, um, and talked about, we're not going to let China 
way, <laughs> essentially steal billions of dollars from the Amer- American industries, specifically tech industries, because they keep stealing our tech. And Russia and China are buddy-buddy, much like they are with Iran and Venezuela. I mean, you have those four nations, and if yeah. you can get one of them in check, I think it helps you with the other three. Well, the interesting thing about uh, the strong stance on China, which uh, we'll talk about uh, momentarily, is, I, I, unless I'm mistaken, don't we still owe them, like trillions of dollars of our debt they've bought up our debt so i feel like we probably shouldn't take any kind of stance to them for you know on anything i think we just should just let them keep stealing well i mean they, they're not stealing it it's like they paid for it you know they invested in our technology by by buying our debt but they're so flat it, it's you understand theirs. that they're flat out stealing oh, no i do but it's like they shouldn't have patented to steal it. ideas yes, no, i 100 so you're saying to pay them back we should just let them we should have just it. let them have it yeah and then it's like you know i mean i don't know i look I think that uh, President O'Rourke probably won't take this stand. <laughs> I just wanted to say those words. I Tamar think it's didn't a miracle laugh, President Tamar O'Rourke that was has not been stabbed in his sleep by his wife. Seem... the things he says. But anyway. Comedy comes from surprise, and it yeah. seems reasonable to me. <laughs> the, best, the best face, though. That was great. Uh, yeah. No, no, um, so, but... What do you think? Uh, do you think uh, I'll start with Chelsea? We'll work our way down. Uh, do you think that uh, Pompeo is taking a strong stance against Putin, or do you feel like maybe they're friendlier than they should be? I'm not even sure that it matters because if Trump isn't on the same page and says something or does something different, is in a different mood, really, who who cares? He could be strong, and I. You know, it sounds like I would have agreed with the things that he said, but does it really matter unless Trump is committed to the same position? I think you could, if I may. Sure. Um, I think that you could also look at the way that John Bolton and Pompeo are kind of operating in their roles, a lot like how Nikki Haley operated in her role at the U.N., where she was incredibly harsh, specifically on the Assad regime and the Putin regime. I use the word regime because I think that they're both evil dictators and they deserve that title. Uh, And you didn't always see the same rhetoric come out of the White House, but the policies that were implemented were pretty harsh, especially compared to the Bush and the Obama administrations. So I agree with you. I'm, I know that the Russian media, Russian government, Putin, and all of his you know oligarchs are watching what Trump says and does. But if he backs up Pompeo by not reneging on what Pompeo says and does, there's our answer right there. So, well, just like the president says all the time, we'll see. We'll just have to see. We'll wait and see. Uh, do you think, uh, Tamara, that uh, President Trump feels it's important to take a, a strong stance against uh, Russia in particular uh, for for any particular reason? Do you feel, do you find it disingenuous, uh, is what I'm trying to ask you, that uh, do you think he, you know, he's, we talked last week, he was uh, on the phone with, uh, with Putin for 90 minutes last week, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that they mostly talked about uh, the, new season, no, the new season of American Idol mm-hmm. and 90 Day Fiance. I'm pretty sure that's what they talked about the whole time. <laughs> was that before or after his hockey trip? Yeah, though? I was just, yeah. just going to say, do you think that's why he, uh, he's yeah. a, did notice he's the carpet. Beef. By the way, you've, you've reminded yeah. me that, that that was media that I wish I had pulled. I, yes, forgot, that I is, completely that was, forgot that I wanted to see that. So good. Uh, and, and before, you know, obviously now and filibustering but 
I feel like when there's a clip like that, it, it never shows up on Russian TV. The fact oh, of that course not. You know, <laughs> oh, of they, course not. They, Somebody yeah. died over that. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder no, whoever I mean, put like, that red carpet down. Someone the entire stadium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they were rolled in that red carpet. Yeah. And, the entire stadium the has been blinded, has <laughs> been mysteriously <laughs> succumbed to some sort of eye disease that they can no longer see. Um, so the short way to the rephrase question? the question, is, uh, Tamara, is basically, uh, how would you characterize President Trump's relationship with uh, Vladimir Putin? Oh, uh, I would say, um, what's their relationship? Yeah. Oh, are they they're, BFFs or just, uh, or just identical cousins? They're uh, <laughs> Felix and uh, what's the what's Oscar. the other one? Felix and Oscar. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, great guy, great guy, Putin. Um, yeah, that's. That's so, what the relationship is. So that, that you think that uh, that it's just a sort of a mutual, like they're just like being guys, and and he just he like. Well, look, I mean, I think President Trump likes being liked, mm-hmm. regardless he, of who it is, whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's Kim Jong Un. It or doesn't matter. Yeah, that's hundred percent true. Erdogan, he does the mm-hmm. same. Even yeah. even with Trudeau, like yeah. who he called a sissy man or he whatever. He still wants him to like him. Like he still wants him to like him. And when Trudeau comes to the White House or Macron or Erdogan, like he, it's everyone. He's just like, oh. He kind of becomes a chameleon in a way. Mm-hmm. And and early on, China was very good at using that to his advantage when he did visit China and they literally rolled out the red carpet for him and had children, you know, waving out, out of school and waving um, flags and saying, Trump, Trump, Trump. And he they were purposely doing that to stroke his yeah. ego. Uh, they the did way, that you, to you, the you, Obama administration, by the way, though, too. You, you, miss, you misspoke, well, by the way, Tamara. When you said that the kids were out of school, you meant out of the factory that they work in. I just wanted... I've been to China. I just wanted to put that up on the... It wasn't the country that he went to. I mean, it wasn't, like, the rural, oh, you know. Okay. He, uh, so, uh, Scott, we're talking a lot about the uh, relationship between uh, President Trump and Russia. Uh, do you feel... Let's put it this way. I'm going to ask it a different way. If you're Mike Pompeo, uh, and maybe one day you will be, uh, <laughs> my dream. We've already talked about you running for president, exactly. so who knows what happens? Would be the next. 23rd he yeah, Democratic candidate. Yeah. So if you're see, from California, yeah. I mean, see that, that's uh, I'll just be the 23rd candidate. Yeah. Do you from think Democrats. it's worth? Is it easier to make strong statements when you know that like oh, it doesn't it doesn't matter? I don't have to back them up. You know. Well, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, and. and it, until we actually see otherwise, it, it's more talk than, than action. And now we have to see, like we're saying, we'll wait and see like what happens with Trump. But um, but I think the, the main concern is we still haven't really focused on the voting issues that we've... We, and that's, it's everybody, all, all the politicians. Yeah. It's like we keep kind of skirting around it and talking about no collusion or collusion or this or that. But until we're really collectively talking about how we're really protecting... Uh, the elections coming up next year, I feel like it is just more. Yeah, more well, just to interject, I was reading a story today that uh, they found you know some some more interference yeah, in, 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 in Florida, Florida of mm-hmm. course, because I, I don't know, Scott. I know you're from Florida originally. <laughs> they should, oh, you're they a just, Florida man originally. originally yeah. Yeah. He is he's actually Florida man. <laughs> Most of those stories are about him. They are usually about um, me. Yeah. I, can we take away their voting just in national elections? <laughs> it's just because there's always seems it's they're always making trouble. Well, and everything's always so close. So I mean, that's, that's true. I, Saying it so that close. way, yeah. Christian makes them sound like the little rascals. Kind of are. Kind of are. Yeah, yeah. They're a bunch of alfalfa. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Chelsea? Well, I was 
just going to say that Alicia's saying that Mike Pompeo made reference to the Russian interference mm-hmm. and sort of vowing to that mm-hmm. there will be none, although I'm, I don't know if he gave you any details about how he planned I'm to do that. I'm pretty sure that that's probably not class, uh, you know, information that's going to go out to the masses. But, you could, but there could be, you could say, you know, we're fighting it on this front and this front, mm-hmm. and the, you know. I think the biggest front that it needs to be fought on, and this is why I'm fine for. I'm usually kind of eh about subpoenas and congressional subpoenas, and they hold no like legal power. It's not the same as if you get subpoenaed to go down to you know the L.A. courthouse for something like a criminal right, case. So or something. Like if one of us but gets it subpoenaed, does, it's, you know, but, the senator gets but it, and in the past four administrations, you've had members of the executive branch that have been subpoenaed. And they don't show uh, Eric Holder, anyone like during the whole Benghazi investigation that went on and on and on. All of that to say, I'm totally fine with Mark Zuckerberg getting subpoenaed because the biggest problem that we saw that has been brought up by Republicans and Democrats is the social media infiltration by hackers and groups in Russia pretending to be Americans, left, right, and center, to sow discourse and real fake news on a social media platform that's used by millions of Americans and multi-millions of of people in the entire world. That's something that needs to be investigated. And those private companies, I think, should answer to what are they doing to protect their individual users' privacies and what are they doing to protect the overall security of their platforms to make sure faux groups like this don't have the power in 2020 that they had in 2016. Do you feel like the the concern over uh, Russian interference is the bipartisan issue that it ought to be or is it just the Democrats are being louder about it because they didn't win that election or I think that they're being louder about it because they didn't win the election and I actually think that there are some very strong voices about the issue on the right Ted Cruz has brought it up Ben Sass has brought it up Marco Rubio has brought it up even you know Rand Paul has brought it up you just don't typically hear those voices on the mainstream media or over at Vox.com when they're talking about these specific issues sorry to interrupt I think it doesn't register as much because they're not in the administration or considered close allies like you know Cruz and the president clearly have, uh, you know, and, no, and Rubio. I mean, they're, they're definitely friends. And well, someone these- that is an ally, Lindsey Graham has brought it up. Yeah. Lindsey Graham well, has brought it up a lot. And Lindsey Graham is definitely considered an ally of the White House now. Well, now, yes. Now, but, yes, he is. The thing about that is Lindsey Graham, there's so many... Um, Versions a lot of, of things that Lindsey Graham says overshadows any sort of agreement that I may have with him about whatever he said about... Uh, private interference in social media is far overshadowed by his meltdown at the Kavanaugh hearing, you know? So it's like, it's it's things like that where things that I could maybe potentially see eye to eye with him on get buried. But isn't that every person in politics? No. It's well, people like Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. There's a, and, there's a lot of people, you're obviously coming from the left, but being someone that comes from the right, there's people on the left that I'm like, oh yeah, they can say something that I agree with. Like things on tariffs or Chinese, you know, interference or Russian interference, I can hear what Bernie Sanders says about it and be like, yeah, he's accurate on this issue, but I don't agree with him on every other issue. But I don't think that that should discredit him on the one issue. Mm-hmm. But that one issue that you do agree with him on is probably also given the uh, equally smaller media attention, just as you're saying it's. No, Lindsay I'm Graham saying that when Bernie have. Sanders or Joe Biden says something about Russian interference, it gets no, headlines on Jake Tapper and Anderson you, Cooper. When Marco that you Rubio agree with and Ben Sass say it, it doesn't get the mainstream media headlines. I have seen it. Yeah, I have. Well, Not to the same Mark- extent that it is when a Democratic presidential candidate or uh, you know Nancy Pelosi says something. Uh, in terms of uh, agreement, uh, just to jump over to China, uh, surprisingly... Chuck Schumer says, yeah, I think uh, Trump should really be tough on this uh, with China, which to me, I'm just like, 
he's he's playing some kind of game, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually mean that. Or I don't know, Scott. Do you think he actually agrees? No, I think it was more playing the game because he's okay. like the more that Trump digs himself oh. into this tariff thing and you know taking thought, care of farmers means like you know it, it, it makes him look bad because we saw you know how the the stocks did yesterday and you know so I think for him it is a game. It's like he's egging him on to. So you think that, uh, well, we've, we've already referenced The Odd Couple, so uh, yeah. we, we don't think that they're going to be doing a production of The Sunshine Boys at some point anytime no. soon? Because I, I would I would have bought tickets for that. No, uh, I mean, at one point I might have thought they would have, both being from New York State and, and, and New York City and, and having maybe some similarities there, uh, but yeah, no. I yeah, I mean, so. I feel like both of them know each other so well. They probably yeah. both know like three or four things about the other. Oh, yeah. It's like, if I ever said this out yeah, loud, you know, you'd definitely. be over. <laughs> and they're in the same circles to some degree. From, yeah. You know, I mean, Trump donated to his campaign yeah. and yeah. held fundraisers exactly. from yeah, exactly. They're both like that New Yorker yeah. style politician. Exactly. That's where the similarities are, but I, I just think now it's so you think that he doesn't actually think that no. uh, this is the the right stance for no. for China? Uh, uh, let's. Uh, what do you what do you think, Alicia, about uh, this idea that uh, Schumer is at least publicly agreeing with Trump? Do you, are you like Scott? You don't buy it? I'm, I'm cross conspiracy corner for a moment. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'm like Scott. I'm not yeah. really buying yeah. it, and and I think that he. It knows that if he ingratiates himself to the president, I mean, we've seen him do this with other things where mm-hmm. they're trying to make deals uh, uh, with the White House. Schumer was willing to negotiate. Pelosi was not. And that's kind of uh, Chuck's game mm-hmm. that he does. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that good cop, bad cop leadership that you see happening with those two specifically on the Hill. Uh, I don't want to get uh, too bogged down in the, uh, the policy and the numbers, but uh, Chelsea, uh, do you think... This is a this is a smart approach to take on China, the tariff. Mm-hmm. War? Yeah, sorry, I probably should have used that word at some point in the past twenty five minutes. <laughs> or you could be like a conservative and just call it what it is, which is a tax. Yeah, sure, why? that's fair. We could call it a tax. Yeah. I, I mean, why is that? Why why is it a conservative want to call it a tax? Because it is. I, I, that's I've been wondering that the whole time. Why don't we call it a tax or anything? Because only Congress is supposed to be able to raise taxes, so we give things so that are similar but different a different name, so that you, so you don't need congressional. And also, it really is a tax. And also, international things like that. You call it. It's a specific something kind. In, yeah, I in wish that I, I do wish we would find another word because I do think this is this is such an important issue that even though we're hearing about it in the news right now, but I feel like the uh, average person really isn't getting as fired up about China, and the reason is because I don't know if people realize what tariffs are. Like, I don't think it's. Well, and it hasn't well, affected um, them yet either. Yeah, so yeah. it's also as well. much like I think a lot of the language of the Russia investigation. People are like, yeah, I care about it, but they know knew, mm-hmm. knew nothing about it. I think that if you ask the average American voter, especially in the Bible Belt or the Rust Belt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even Democratic primary voters, what do you know about this, you know, tariff war with China? They're not going to understand it to this level that people, you know, policy wonks up on the hill do. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Larry right. Kudlow. It's hard to break it down into that, you know, average American speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, ironically, yeah. you know, Larry yeah. Kudlow has said of Donald Trump that the president doesn't fully understand yeah. how tariffs work. And probably he was referring to the part about it's not the Chinese that pay them when we put tariffs on Chinese products. It's It's we who pay them because when people import stuff from China, they generally pass along the increased cost to the end consumer, which is us. And at that point, when companies don't want to soften the blow, they don't want to take the loss from these tariffs and they start passing it down to us, then people will become very 
interested um, and more eager to understand how this works and get upset about it. And I don't knows? even know that they'll be eager to understand how it works. They'll just be like, whose fault is this? That's a good point. Which is politics in general, which is why the first person to the punch is typically the winner. Uh, well, the people who are at least uh, somewhat aware of what's going on are the farmers, and uh, President Trump is uh, pushing for new bailouts for the farmers uh, because, uh, I don't know, I think a couple of farmers are going to need to vote for him if uh, if he's going to get reelected. So, obviously, you want to look out for the farmers. Not that everybody shouldn't look out for the farmers. And the farmers and the cowmen should always be friends. Right. I mean, exactly. Uh, the uh, Did anyone get that? <laughs> Did anyone mm-hmm. Scott the Oh my gosh, Rogers and Hammerstein guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Oklahoma. Oh. oh. I, did, I did Oklahoma in, in middle school. It was yeah. one of those ones where I'm like, uh, I can't I can't quite place it, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna you know, roll with it. Uh so Obviously, uh, I don't know how how important important and impartial, but also important. Do you think that uh, you know an issue that directly affects farmers? I mean, is this these these are Trump's people? I mean, is that am I am I overstating something, simplifying something, Tamara? The farmers are Trump's people. I suppose they. I mean. I mean, they, they statistically are are the farmers Trump's people. I suppose they are. Um, but I feel like they are facing other climate issues that may be uh, st- sort of drawing their focus away from um, things that the the any, any repercussions that they may have of um, tariffs might. Right. Um, uh, well, uh, Alicia, the uh, the idea that President Trump is going to you know take this money mm-hmm. from American importers. Uh, and he's going to give it to farmers. To me, that sounds like the redistribution of wealth, which yeah. I think is something that... Which is why you have like hardline conservatives yeah. that are like, no, no, yeah, this is not okay. And uh, that, that's why that's specifically why I put it that way. So yeah. uh, what do you think the reaction is going to be if, if this is what actually comes to pass? Uh, the, the hold your nose and vote thing that it is, I think, with a lot of Republicans and Trump, like they look at the overall thing instead mm-hmm. of the specificity of these issues that the GOP platform is allegedly against, but then we keep sending guys to Washington, D.C. that don't represent every bullet point of that same platform. Uh, and to answer your question that, that you tossed to Tamara, if I may, there are lots of farming groups that endorsed Donald Trump and did help him win mm-hmm. in, in, in middle America yeah. in 2016. And um, they tend to be kind of moderate, old-fashioned Democrat-type voters, which you also saw in a lot of those districts that weren't that are purple, that they were able to elect Democrats on the congressional level um, in those same type of farming type districts because there's this niche, um, I think in a good way, because I think that's the beauty of the House of Representatives, that they're supposed to be more in touch with their individual Mm -hmm. constituents and individual districts. Those are going to be the people that I think Trump has to worry about in 2020 um, against whoever out of these 25,000 Democratic candidates (laughs) comes through. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of why he's saying, I'm going to take it from the bad guys because they're parts of the swamp, and I'm going to give it to the little guy over here. And he's thinking long term of how this is going to help him in his reelection campaign. Uh, you know, and you mentioned it in passing. Uh, there, there is a, a new entry into the field. I, I believe his name is Sears Roebuck. Uh, something very close to that. So, uh, good for congratulations. Uh, I was. Uh, this is not something I was planning on talking about, but I, I heard that 
if there get to be a couple, is that my computer? Oh my god, I'm the worst with the pop-up ads. But you know, we've already sold. Uh, I think. I a think lot you of, said Sears, and that was that uh, well, Facebook uh, to, listening, right? And you, to be fair, we've sold a lot of tacos for Taco ad. tonight, so mm-hmm. we might as well just get the commercials in there. Uh, I, I saw recently that if a few more candidates uh, qualify for those uh, those Democratic debates. I don't know, I guess they're going to have to do coin tosses or th- something like that, and I'm only like half-joking, that not everybody gets to be a part of well, it. Well, they, the they are the going nights. to yeah. create more uh, requirements that they have to meet in is order to right. get on the polling? debate stage. 1% yeah. is what yeah. I understand it has to be. But that's if what it the goes... GOP did in 2008 and in 2012. Right, and, and even so, there yeah. were, what were there, 16, I, I think, in some of the early debates in 2016. I, I, think I mean, was... we made fun of ourselves back then. Y'all are going to be really fun to make fun of. Well, I mean, I don't there know are what so you're going to I can't there even, are. I actually don't even know that I could name them I, all. I can't and name I them work all. in the new like conservative yeah. news every single day. I don't know mm. if this room full of people could come up with all of them. Oh, that could be a fun game. That could be a fun game. Now, can we, we get all 22? We only have 12 minutes. So, uh, here's the thing. We wouldn't get it in 12 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but can you say Pete Buddhist 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 yeah, like Buddha. See, that's edge. the problem. That's what. That's why he's like. He's like, yeah, Mayor Pete. But eventually, Klobuchar, eventually, you do Chelsea need to learn. Me. You do have to learn these names if you're going to yeah. actually vote for them at some point. And but it's yeah. Kamala. It's yes. not Kamala. Yes, it is, it is Kamala. Kamala. And yeah. I know that because you know she's our senator. But so yeah. that's three. <laughs> We've got Governor of Montana. We can't Montana. leave this room until we get them all. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. <laughs> Are well, we allowed to Google? Or <laughs> no, no, no. I think that would be cheating. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so. You know, we were talking about Lindsey Graham. We're before. nothing if not bar trivia. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the Trump report. I mean, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Do a whole bar trivia installment. I'll do that after I have the baby. So that yeah, yes, yes, you can join. Yeah. Yes, and it'll be more interesting. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so uh, Lindsey Graham was uh, trending on Twitter. He must have been excited about that. Uh, it was the hashtag Lindsey Graham resign. Uh, that was uh, earlier today after the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, encouraged. President Trump's son, that's Donnie Jr., not Eric, uh, to plead the fifth and not answer questions. And I think that I'm probably just very naive. And I feel like if you don't do anything wrong and you believe you didn't do anything wrong and somebody wants to ask you questions, you should go answer them. But, Chelsea, I'm not a lawyer. If you, Even if you didn't do anything wrong, is it maybe sometimes still smart? And I know you're not a Don Jr. or Sr. fan. <laughs> Or misses, but still, uh, is it not smart to answer questions unless you absolutely have to because uh, of just how your answers can be uh, perceived? When I came out of law school, I was like, oh, never talk to the police. And then as time went on, I'm like, that's dumb. So I can't even remember what it was that made me be like, oh, yeah, you just should never talk to them. Probably the case law that you, you read. But you, you always, watched Law & Order once. That's probably why. <laughs> you always dumb, dumb. get the extreme <laughs> cases um, in, in school. But the, the bigger... Th- he can plead the fifth, sure, but to uh, to suggest to advise Don Jr. not to show up at all, to essentially ignore the subpoena, to minimize the oversight responsibility that Congress has is just a, not a good look. It's not a good look for democracy. It's not a good look for, you know, how we're supposed to have co-equal branches of mm-hmm. government. Um, to say it's not a good look is kind of trivializing it. I think it is uh, it is a big deal when you have a senator encouraging somebody to ignore a subpoena. Well, and in terms of ignoring the subpoena, Tamara, does it hurt that he literally has the same name as the president? 
You know, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's just it's just bad for the optics, I think. It's like, you're also Donald Trump, you know, and you're like, yeah, I'm definitely not talking to anyone. Do you, do you think that, uh, do you think that, that that has any more weight, that he has the same name and he's his kid? What? I don't know. <laughs> no. I was just asking no? you a question. Yeah. <laughs> do you think he knows what it means to, to take the fifth? Do you think he, he went to the minibar and uh, looked for... Johnny Walker. He probably needed to. He probably from. uh, He probably needed to hear that from Lindsey Graham because he probably I don't know didn't know that he has that option. I guess, but um, his his attorneys have negotiated the deal for him to go up on the hill. He's not going to go in totally blindsided. Right, and now they're doing a private meeting, so I mean, it's. I'm trying to be uh, public. Just the optics of a senator saying, "Don't show." I mean that it. For this country that's supposed to be, you know, law and order, and especially for again. conservative <laughs> to to be, you know, the party supposedly of law and order and following the Constitution. Come on, the Constitution. Follow the letter of the of law that. and the Sorry. Constitution. <laughs> I'm, I'm and then for them to be silent on this is just, you know, mind boggling to me. Because, again, we are supposed to have co-equal branches of government per the Constitution. That's not per any Supreme Judicial activist on the Supreme Court saying that. It's what's in the Constitution. Uh, Scott, we know you're very active on Twitter, uh, and often we talk <laughs> about your uh, interesting back and forth with mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell. And- <laughs> Oh, I'm going to go follow you. Who else do you talk to? Well, Does he ever reply? No. But <laughs> I'm hoping cocaine, a social media will reply. Cocaine Mitch doesn't have time to reply I know, to you. It's, it's a, it's, I know. It's, it's just, just insane. Uh, but, uh, so, but my question about you being active on Twitter, uh, did you use the hashtag Lindsey Graham resign I, earlier today? I did not, no. But so, that doesn't seem like you. I figured you would have found a way <laughs> to tweet about something else and be like, oh, and by the way, hashtag Lindsey Graham resign. But, yeah, exactly, and just throw it in there. But, yeah. I, but you know, honestly... Kind of going back to to what Chelsea was saying, but the importance of of having this this separation of the co equal branches is that at some point when the tables are turned the other direction, it's like we're just setting a bad precedence, which we talked about before. You know, when when um, Harry Reid first opened the door with the Senate rule changes that then Mitch McConnell took to another level, and now you see that with Donald Trump with the presidency and the executive branch is like now what are Democrats going to do when when it's turned and when Republicans are controlling the, the House and, and telling a Democratic president, you know, they want to be subpoenaed for all these different things in their administration. And so it just sets that that tone now for future presidents and the executive branch. And, and it's just a dangerous presidents that we're going down a road that we, you know, would hopefully not be doing. But um, and, and that's what I think about is just the, 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 the rules that we've always had in that and, and Sort of that the quorum that we've always had is is going by the wayside, and and it started in the Senate, and now it's it's moving over to the presidency, and it's you know, know doing away with decorum is one thing, doing away but, with the Constitution is kind of another. But and that's I, what I mean, like that's that's but now the argument part that you're it. making, Chelsea, is an argument that that Republicans were making during the Obama administration. I mean, I think what Scott is more eloquently saying than I'm about to is shoe meet other foot. That that this is something that it should be concerning to all Americans across the aisle. Right. How people on both sides of the aisle are behaving because it tends to be that whatever party is in power does what's best for them and their party versus adhering to those co-equal branches of government and adhering to the principles of the constitution. Well, I mean, we can't quick, go backwards in time. I mean, we're talking right now about this specific, you know, incident and so what 
what never, you know, helps, I, I see, is like, well, this person did it too. And I mean, we go back to sort of the playground of who, who did it first. And I kind of feel like, you know, the annoying mom right here is, I don't care who started it. I'm ending it, you know. And I think that that's somebody has to be the grown up and say, okay, enough. I can maybe get away with it because well, it, the people before me have, but it's the wrong thing well, to do. Well, I think it's, it's also people before, but I feel like it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And now social media is amplifying it in the background and people get frothed up and, you know, it gets more and more extreme. And so it, it started, but it's, it's continued to get worse and worse. And so it's kind of like, where is that going to can, can I just yeah. have an example? Somebody, All of you can throw out examples of in the Obama administration when Democratic uh, congressmen would be suggesting um, things that go against the Constitution? Uh, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. Well, those are names. I could go back and list numerous examples during the Benghazi administration, during the Benghazi investigation, during the IRS investigation, when they said that they had no right to pull in people from the IRS offices or other executive branch members. Eric Holder and Loretta Lynch were told by Democrats, you don't need to come up here. It's a dog and pony show. Uh, I can't remember specific congressmen and senators that said that, but it was people that you would recognize if I like picked up my phone and Googled them. It's something that... Well, and I'm not, not it saying that, who. Oh, I'm, because they did it. Our side can do it now. I don't like that argument either. I'm just saying that typically I'm history does asking. set a precedent, and the people in power, like Scott was saying, are like, well, the other guy did it, so I'm in power yeah, now, I'm, and I'm going to I'm just asking it. to make sure that they're equally... Um, Consequential, consequential, but also equally. But, but um, what you in, might think con- is consequential is something that I might or people on the right might not think is as consequential. I guess I'm saying I, I'm wondering if if was there like an obscure representative that nobody had ever heard of suggesting we shouldn't bring in these um, any representatives from the IRS during the Benghazi here. Uh, Versus Mitch McConnell or saying, you no, know, we... people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who are names that we've already mentioned on other issues that are still in leadership. So what, what exactly had... I mean, we don't... I don't want to waste well, too much I, time I, I on mean, this, I but... We've sort of characterized what they were talking example. about. I think we've gotten an example to me, it, it doesn't happen. seem equal grounds of... Uh, this isn't what I was planning to talk about, but I specifically want to ask you, uh, Alicia, is because uh, this has come up a few times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you talk about the sort of like, oh, if it happens to us, we feel differently. Do you think this is a very hypothetical? I'm not talking about 2020. If there's a presidential election where Democrats win the popular vote and finally, uh, sorry, it's the reverse, where Democrats get the Electoral College and then the Republicans are finally like, hey, wait a minute. We, do you think that there would actually be a conversation if it happens to both parties? No. Because uh, that's what I was just wondering what you thought. I think that it. if it happens in 2020, which I don't think it's going to, but if it were to happen in 2020, you always have the die hard, hardcore Donald Trump yeah. can never do anything wrong people. That would use that argument, but I think that the majority of conservative media and conservative politicians, even the Republican Party, would be like, "Okay, we lost." Yeah, it. and Done. to be fair, it's like there are just it sometimes gets thrown out. It's not like everyone on the left is saying that we should ab- abolish the electoral college. I would love um, to talk about Elizabeth Warren if we have a chance. <laughs> I just want to know what you guys think about like super delegates and stuff. I mean, I, I, I mean, feel like that's. A, I'm that's, wondering if you, if Democrats well, are going to go to a brokered convention. Well, uh, as, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, as uh, uh, Chelsea, when we did this show as Trump versus Hillary, you were uh, obviously a very vocal uh, Bernie supporter, and you, you obviously still like Bernie. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of indications that uh, that nomination was 
stolen from yeah. Bernie. I mean, it's I, I'm sort of like soft selling it. But uh, so, do you think that the system is fair, at, or is it going to be if they decide? I'm just going to say Joe Biden, but if they decide one candidate is like, well, this is who we have to go with, they're going to make sure that they rig the system and that's who gets through and it doesn't matter who people vote for in the primaries? Well, there were supposed to be changes after sure you know, the last time yeah. and I remember yeah, and the that National there were some. Is supposed to have the designated hitter now, too, but, you know, if the things don't happen, that's for you, Tim. I don't know. That's one of the, the fewer things that, that I cared it to discuss which for me what's more important because if the the public opinion public support for any candidate is is too strong and then the super delegates go in another direction that's just going to be a mess for the dnc so they're they're already sort of skating on thin ice with their own party so um i mean i hope things turn out more fair but i I don't know. What I think is most important now is that people get a chance to be heard and that people like Elizabeth Warren get to choose or not choose not to go on platforms like Fox News. And I, I think it was a I, I'm like good for her to take the stand that she did and not show yeah, up. I mean, Although I'm still to, well, supportive we, again, of Bernie. We only have a minute. So yeah. uh, um, the thing that I want to say about that is. Uh, Elizabeth Warren going on Fox News, you're going to be exposed to an audience that has a, a, a preconceived impression of you. There are going to be a lot of people that don't vote for you that might tune in. You might actually convince people to vote for you. That was you. Bernie well, Sanders' argument. Right. And right. I, thought, and, I, thought, and, I, I said on the show, I thought yes. it was great that Bernie was smart enough to go on there. And then, of course, I don't know how many you know how many conservatives you heard saying this. They felt like he did, they uh, it was Brett Baer and uh, Martha McCallum, I think, mm-hmm. that they were a little easy on Bernie. Was that I know we're in limited time. I haven't heard that. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, if anything, I, I think that Brett Bear is the most balanced. Like Brett Bear and Jake Tapper are up there as my two favorite actual news anchors that seem to be unbiased and do a very good job. Yeah, I think when you're somebody, uh, when you're somebody like Brett Bear and you're, if you if you ask unfair questions to to anybody, regardless of what little letter in parentheses is next to their name. I, I think you're doing your job. I also think that, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren said she didn't want to make Fox News money. I mean, it's it's a play. It's a play to her base, right? Sure. She also right. said that they were conspiratorial and racist. And I was like, hmm, for a really long time, you could have said made the same argument specifically with relation to anti-Semitism about Al Sharpton being given a show by MSNBC for years. Yeah, but she I mean, had no problem going on MSNBC with the conspiratorial racist. Well, right. uh, Scott, I know you want to get something No, just two quick things. Yeah. Uh, one is yes. I, back to the DNC thing, I would like to see it be, it be fair and better. Uh, but, but, there's but we no, re- there's no time for changes before next year. Well, I was going to. Well, I think they've already worked on the super delegates thing, and mm. it is going to be different than it was in sixteen. But I'll say, you know, going back to before, it party bosses picked their leaders anyways, and it had nothing to do with voters and primaries. And so, you know, it's it's people forget that this is not a general election, and and sometimes parties. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but parties influence who they want to be who they think is the most electable and and that's been going on since the beginning of the republic second thing is i i i understand where elizabeth warren is coming from and and also appealing to her base like like trump does but i think she's missing a good opportunity to get out in front of uh, potential voters that might be open that are not hugely supportive of trump and might have been open to some of her things and agree to some of her things like i think if you can get out there to fox and and get a bigger audience it, it only helps you and and 
I, I mean, yes, I, I, I get where she's coming from. I mean, but, I, I but, talk to enough people on the right that Fox isn't what it used yeah. to be for them, you know? Especially I mean, if I, you speak to younger, if you speak to Gen Z and millennial conservatives, yeah. Fox News is not where they get their mm-hmm. news. It's where our grandparents get their right. news. Right, and, and my, my boss, Dennis Miller, for a while, he uh, had a weekly spot on, on Fox News, but uh, he pref- he doesn't actually like the overall tone of the channel, so he tends to get his news other places. So that's sort of my direct uh, contact in that area area because we'll also get calls and voicemails from people who kind of agree with him. So um, I I know we went a little long. I'm sorry, Brianna. I'm surprised that uh, we're not getting a flashing You message. can blame it on me. Yes. Yeah, we're going to blame it on the baby. Sure. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, I don't know why that's funny. It's, like, it's just like why not? Well, because you, know? you can't be mad at a baby. No. And no, also, it's thank impossible. you for calling I, it a baby. I have two. I have two. Uh, I'm mad at them sometimes. Uh, oh yes, of course. I see what you're saying. Uh, which we definitely don't have time for that conversation. Oh, but maybe next time. Uh, wait, you're that doing, take the you're doing July. 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 All right, so we're gonna have to get you back soon. I oh, guess yeah. is what it sounds like. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks so much, uh, Alicia. Where do people find you online? Uh, Dailywire.com, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Eli. And I am Christian Bike. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. We talked a lot about Russia today. You can find me tonight at 9 p.m. on the Chernobyl After Show right nice. here nice on AfterBuzz TV. Tamara. Hey, Tamara underscore. And Scott. Twitter, Sman80. Look at him argue with uh, Mitch McConnell. And I want to see that. One sided. I want to see that. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'll do that later. Hashtag. Anyway, uh, thanks again, and uh, we will uh, see everybody uh, back here Tuesday at 4 Pacific. Thanks, everyone. Bye. You're tuned in to After... Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.